poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now that there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack, and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And the second verse is from Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. This is the parable of the Pharisee and Axel. Who some who are confident of their own righteousness will look down on anybody else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed God himself. God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. like to talk about themselves. We take pride in our achievements, and we oftentimes use these actions to make ourselves appear to be better than we are and more appealing to others. And oftentimes these tales that we tell put us in the best possible light and make us the envy of all who listen to us. Now, if you're familiar with the comic strip Gilbert, Gilbert is an office worker, kind of a nerdy guy. But there's a guy that works in Gilbert's office named Topper. And anything that you say, say, Topper will beat it. Because he is better than everybody else, and he will let you know that he's better. Like some people, and like Topper, people will embellish what they have to say. They'll exaggerate. They'll lie about events to make things seem to be better than what they really are. And Jesus, Jesus met many people who were very much convinced of their own spiritual and religious superiority. And most of them were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because these people 
they believed that because they lived according to the rule of the elders, they were better than those who did not. Now, believe it or not, there was a song written especially for these religious leaders, for people who considered themselves better than others. And I want you to listen carefully to the words of this song and see how it relates to our gospel message. Doug, go ahead. Oh Lord, it's hard to be humble. Oh, 
Now, I'll bet you never thought you'd say Matt Davis in church, huh? Make sure you tell your friends so they know what they're missing. No, we don't do it every week. Sorry about that. But I couldn't resist. Because if you look at what God says in this gospel reading this morning, it starts off, there are some who are confident of their own righteousness. And they look down on everybody else. That's like the fellow in the soft, right? So Jesus tells this parable to the people who were completely pleased with themselves over their moral capabilities. It's almost like there ought to be a follow-up verse or so to this song. They went down, they went so far as they looked down on people who they didn't think were as worthy as they were or as good as they were. It was hard for them to be humble because they were perfect in every way. And so Jesus says, there's two men that go into the temple, a Pharisee and a tax collector. And the Pharisee, he stands up there and he says, thank you, God. But I'm not like these other people. I'm not like the robbers, the evildoers, the adulterers. I'm not even like this tax collector over here. Because I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of everything that I get. He couldn't pat himself on the back. Enough bragging and gloating. It was hard for him to be humble. But the other man, the tax collector, he stood off at a distance. He wouldn't even look up to God in heaven. He beat his breast and said, God have mercy on me, a sinner. It was the tax collector who was, in the eyes of the religious and the spiritual people, the tax collector was among the scum of the earth. Because the tax collectors back in those days were universally despised by the Jews because well, they oftentimes collected too much in taxes. They worked for the Romans. They were considered traitors. And they betrayed their fellow citizens by collecting taxes that supported the Roman army. But what Jesus is saying here is a spiritual bombshell. It's a shock to the people who are listening to him, and it's an insult to the very people it was intended for. Because these two men pray two completely different prayers. And they get two vastly different outcomes. And the outcome is precisely the opposite of what most people in our day and in that day would think. Most of us would think that the Pharisee is the one headed for heaven. And he's not. He's not assured of a place in heaven. How could that be? But Jesus told them this parable. And they needed to hear these words. And it comes down to what are you trusting? What are you depending on? What are you counting on to be right with God and get into heaven? And at this point, it's not looking very good for those who are trusting in themselves, trusting in their own goodness, in their own good works, on the basis of how well they're doing compared to others. So the Pharisee, he stands in the temple. Jesus says he prayed to himself. 
me say that again. He prayed to himself. In other words, his prayer was all about himself. It was a self-centered prayer. And literally, with respect to God, it got no further than himself. Because, you see, he tells God that he's not like other people. He's especially not like this text author. And then he goes on to tell God all the wonderful things that he does in his life to show his devotion to God. I think God knows what he did. But it's hard for that Pharisee to be humble because he's perfect in every way. At least he is in his eyes and in the eyes of the other Pharisees. And in the course of his prayer, the Pharisee mentions God once, one time. And after that, he congratulates himself and he praises himself and he uses the first person pronoun, I, five times. God once, me, five times. It's all about himself. It's a self-centered prayer, self-righteous prayer. Congratulating himself on how good he is. Now, I find this interesting because this is exactly how some people describe themselves. Because they compare themselves to others. Their standard is based on their comparison to other people. And based on that, it's as if God is grading on the curve. Because you're going to make it to heaven with God. But the thing is, God's standard is not based on other people. Remember what Paul says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. He's saying not only have all of us sinned, but he tells us how we have sinned. We have sinned because we have fallen short of God's glory, fallen short of God's holiness, fallen short of God's perfection. It's the perfect character that Christ displayed when he was on this earth. In other words, God's standard for righteousness is not based on other sinful people. That's not the issue. His standard is his own absolute holiness. And by that standard, in God's sight, all of us fall short, for we are all sinners. All our righteousness in comparison to Christ is literally filthy rags. And so right about now we begin to get Jesus' point. Don't count on being good enough to get into heaven. Because you can't do it. Not by yourself. No one can. James says in James 2.10 that even if you keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, you become guilty of everything. Well, you think you're good enough for God in comparison to other people? Think again. Because here's this tax collector standing in the distance, asking for God's mercy. He demonstrates his humility. And he recognizes that he does not even deserve to stand in the presence of God. And so rather than looking up to heaven, He's unwilling to raise his eyes to God because he's aware he's not willing to look upon the most holy. And there's more because he beats his breast. 
He beats his breast in utter, utter contempt and utter, utter humility. He recognizes that in his life, he's blown it. And there's no comparison on his part to anyone else in the temple. This conversation he's having is between him and God. That's it. He's a sinner in his own eyes, and he's a sinner in God's eyes. He references God in his prayer, and he makes a single reference to himself. The third person, me, which is an accurate description of what he is. He describes himself as a sinner, and that's no accident. This man's self-assessment of himself was right on. And it was right not only for him, but for all of God's people. Because we are all sinners. We don't deserve anything good from God. We deserve hell for our sins. And the only shot that we've got to God and getting to heaven is the mercy that God gives to all of us. His willingness to give us his grace and not give us what we truly deserve. So don't depend on your goodness to get you anywhere with God because you are good by his standards. Depend on his mercy with humble and repentant prayer. And then only then will your prayer be heard and answered. This man, not tax, not the Pharisee, a tax collector. He's the one who went home justified, declared righteous, having his sins removed. Because of his humble and repentant faith, he demonstrates that he was getting right with God so that he might get into heaven. Not by his righteousness, not by his good deeds, but by God's mercy. God is merciful. And that's the reason God sent his son, Jesus, to demonstrate his mercy to us, to give grace to those who recognize that they are sinners and need a savior, to recognize that they can't save themselves. Only Jesus can save us. Now, you know what that tells us? This may be hard for some of you to accept. Think about this. The humble, repentant mass shooter, key word, repentant mass shooter, will get to heaven before the self-righteous parent of one of his victims. The humble, repentant prostitute gets to heaven before the self-righteous virgin. The humble, repentant molester gets to heaven before his self-righteous victim. It's shocking to think about. But that's the grace of God. And these are the words of Jesus who died for our sins. And Jesus gives us another zinger, one we were not likely to forget. And the very thing that most people in this world don't get. Because he concludes this parable with a wide sweeping universal principle. Because he includes everyone 
in this principle. No one is excluded from this spiritual law. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. In other words, come judgment day, every single person you and I know who exalts himself, who thinks he or she is good in his own heart and is good enough for God and deserves heaven, will be humbled. And they will be perhaps even more shocked and surprised at the verdict of God in their own lives because every single person who humbles himself will be received by God just like this tax collector, just like this sinner who casts himself on God's mercy and recognizes that only Jesus' death could pay for his sins and qualify him for heaven. That is the kind of person who gets exalted on judgment day. So this morning I've got some questions for you. What are you trusting in? Who are you depending on? Yourself and your righteousness? Do you tell yourself and God how good you are in comparison to other people? Are you, by your own assessment, qualified for heaven? Or do you recognize, as this great sinner recognized, that no one deserves heaven? That is all of our righteousness. That all of our righteousness, in compared with God's holiness, is filthy rags. It's only those who depend on God and His mercy, shown through Jesus, that we have a chance. And Jesus the only, is the only one who is just, and not us. 1 Peter 3.18 tells us to depend on Christ's mercy and not our own to bring us to God. He says, for Christ also died for sins once for all. For all. The just and the unjust. So that he might bring us to God. Closing hymn in the Moravian Book of Worship is number 465. And as we sing this hymn, we will collect our uh, Harvest of Hope offering. Uh -huh. 